Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Change is a process that occurs for many of us if we live on this earth for any length of time. In fact, change can be defined as to make or become different, to make or to alter the process or result of making different, to modify or to revise. I believe that if we're going to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, we can expect a spiritual and natural change to take place in our lives in order for us to accomplish or complete the will of God. In fact, one change that we as humans tend to make is the is in the physical sense. It's going from infancy to a childhood, teen to young adult, and from adulthood to senior living. In fact, we know even Jesus, when he was on the earth, was born as a child to a virgin named Mary. Of course, at 12 years old, he became around what we consider teenage years, and he was in a position that he... Otherwise, uh, they couldn't find him. And, and then when they found him, he said, I must be about my father's business. And, of course, he went on into his ministry for when he was 30, uh, 30, approximately 30 years old for about three and a half years until he died back on the cross at Calvary as a man, I should say. So he went through, excuse me, he went through physical changes just like we go through physical changes. Now, if we're allowed to see the, the, those stages and ages in our lives and those around us, we know that at each age and each stage, a transformation is taking place. We know that we're changing, our, we're being altered from what we used to be, and we're making adjustments. And each stage, we hope to develop more into the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And from a spiritual perspective, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we should expect to experience a difference in our lives. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So we see this, we're going to see a difference. In other words, when you become born again, it, you God's going to rework some things in your life. He's going to transfigure some things. He's not going to leave you the same way you were before you became born again. So if you confess, you acknowledge and profess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe. And believe means to commit to trust. And something that I thought was very important, you got to develop confidence in Jesus. It is a lifelong process to develop confidence in Jesus. You don't do that overnight. It is a process you go through really on a day-by-day basis. You got to learn how to develop your confidence, your trust, and your assurance in Jesus. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be delivered, you'll be protected, you'll be healed, and you will prosper. And we see in these two examples, we can see the benefits that comes with change. When we change the way God wants us to, it's going to be good for us. It's going to be profitable for us. We're going to be advantageous for us when we change the way that God wants us to change. In my opinion, as humans, some level of change is inevitable if we're going if we're going to live in this particular life. And it's our best interest to change the way that God wants us to change. Jesus Christ is the change agent that does not need to change, but we do. 
Everybody understand the difference there? We, Jesus don't need to change. In fact, go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 8. Hebrews 13 and verse 8. And while you're getting that, let me say this to you. As there is only one person who remains the same, and that his, his name is Jesus Christ. He, he's going to be himself. He doesn't have to alter or change in any form or fashion. Hebrews 13 and 8 reads as follows. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's why we, when the power that comes from God, spirit, that we, under, that we understand that transformation, that transformation truth that will positively impact our thinking, our talking, our decision making, and our behavior. Go to John 16 and 13. Book of John 16 and verse 13. When you understand that the power that comes from God's spirit and that even though he changes, we don't have to change. That's what I mean. He, he's, I mean, he doesn't change. We change. And, and when we change, we need to be guided. We need to be taught. We need to be instructed. And we need to be influenced by Jesus, by the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's why scripture like John 16 and 13 is so important. John 16 and 13 reads as follows. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Oh, yes, isn't that good, to new, isn't that good news to know that when we're changed, we need, we need help with our change. We can't just be changed on our own. I don't, be honest with you, I don't know how to change myself and make it good and make it last. I thought I did. You know, I can change some stuff, but I need to learn how to do it God's way. Why? Because his way is going to last. It's going to be beneficial to me. It's going to be good to me. And I want, I want something that's going to be beneficial to me. I, I, I made enough changes on my own, messing up stuff up, to realize that the best change I can make is when Jesus, when I allow Jesus to change my life. Isn't that good to know? Now, the question is, why do we need to change? Go with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. The book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Why do we need to change? Why is it that God puts so, so much emphasis on something like the renewing of our minds? Well, he understands where we came from. He understands before we became born again how we thought, who taught us how to think, our mindset, and so forth. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, Paul wrote this letter to the church at Ephesus because at, just like the church need to understand, we need to understand it well, as well. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind were by nature children of wrath, just as others." So we see in this particular text that many of us, and, I, and I'm included in this particular number, we walked or we regulated our lives, we conducted our lives, we behaved according to the world. The world is the ungodly ones, the ones that are, excuse me, in contrast to the will of God. That's how, that's who shaped our thinking. That's who ch shaped our minds. That is who caused us to think, talk, and act the way that we did. And that is why we need to change where, when we get born again. 
Because we come into the kingdom of God thinking one way when God wants us to think another way. Everybody understand what I'm saying there? You come into this kingdom, and, 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 and you're not the only one. And I know we some has been in here for a while, but you must understand that all of us come into this particular into the kingdom of God needing to change, needing to change. Everybody's like that. In fact, this is what you need to understand. Even when you after you change, you still need to change some more. This is what we need to understand because you cannot walk around this earth with everything that's coming your way and allow it to come into your thinking, but you not reprogram yourself to the point that you think differently. Mm, That's good, God. I like that one. So we regulate ourselves according to the world in which many situations lead us to practice wrongdoing, violating God's law, and to wander from the path of righteousness. Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, and ye who were made alive who were dead. Let's look at that a little closer. You were dead. What does that word dead mean? To be spiritually inactive, does not recognize God, wasn't doing right. And trespasses in sins in which you once walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That word prince there means a ruler, a chief, or a leader, but he's over the air. He's over the air. And what's interesting when he says he's over the air, he is over, he manipulates the, the, what you hear, what you see, and what you think. He manipulates it, and he manipulates in what we understand and what we so forth. He is the prince of the power of the air. To give you more relevant terminology, in today's terminology, he would be over what we consider the media waves, social media. He would be over news outlets. He would be over whatever causes you to think a certain way. I had a conversation with a person one time, and they was telling me that on certain stations, when it comes to uh, certain agendas, that they try to promote certain agendas as being okay. Stuff that I never would have see. A cartoon today can't be a regular cartoon no more. Bugs Bunny can't be, you know, do, doing Bugs Bunny stuff. Roadrunner can't be doing Roadrunner stuff no more. This is a different time that we're living in. Now there's agenda in the cartoons. They want to make certain lifestyles okay because that's what they believe, and they try to manipulate the airwaves to get everybody else to believe the way they want them. That is a sign of the prince of the power of the air manipulating news media, what we see on television, and so forth. I try to watch this a regular show, but all of a sudden, there's some agenda they try to stick into it. Instead of sticking to the show, they want to put an agenda in there. I don't want to hear about this, that, and the other. I just want to stick to the show. The context of the show. You ain't got to tell me about what you believe in. And I see you trying to sneak it in there because I got enough discernment in me to know that they're trying to get me to think a certain way. Sad is you, you keep listening to that stuff, and then after a while, if you don't have no word in you, you'll think that that particular agenda is okay. You'll think it's okay to violate God's word. You'll think it's okay, even though scripture tells you what this means, you'll say, it, that don't mean that, because that ain't what they said on a certain media outlet. And you have to be careful about the news. That's why the prince of the power of the air is such a manipul. He tries to manipulate the news and social media outlets. And one of the things he uses is fear. Fear makes people spend money. 
You'll watch television because of fear. You will do things because of, you will buy certain things because of fear. Fear is a manipulator. And it gets you to spend money that really you probably wouldn't have to spend money on. But because of the, the uh, prince of the power of the air is using fear to manipulate people, you'll go out and spend certain money. They know when you fear you'll start watching the television a little bit more than what you used to. They know that. And so you have to make sure that you're being led by the omniscient God to be led and to guide in the all truth. That's why it's imperative that we change. When we see that we're at the point that we don't recognize God in our conversation, our decision making, and our actions, we need to make a change. We need to make a change. And you, you realize that the news media, you realize that social media has more influence in your life than the God who made you. Something's wrong with that picture. And it's sad you recognize it, but yet you still continue to allow it to manipulate you. It's clear that all the man actions are not influenced by the Holy Spirit. But according to Ephesians 6 and 2, there are some actions that comes from the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Those who are rebellious and those who oppose the divine, the divine will of God. Now, as believers, we must be able to recognize the influence that is on display in others as well as within ourselves. When we see manipulation, deceit, trickery, dishonesty, bickering, hatred, fear, insecurities, and such like, we can see that the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience is likely at work regardless of the person's position or power or economic status. There are some traits that could be in us, family members, friends, and people that we are in relationship with. And, and, and one of my biggest concerns is this, that when we see the traits in us, or more specifically, when the Holy Spirit reveals these traits in us, we don't seek to make a change. We don't seek to make a change, but rather we choose to remain the same. Well, listen, when God shows it to you, you need to desire to make a change in your life. When the Holy Spirit says, hey, you're going in the wrong way, you need to look to make a change. When, when the Holy Spirit begins to uh, find you and look for ways, amen, to, to change you, you need to make a change. Because God knows that when it, it is imperative that if you don't change, you're going to go down a pathway that is hard to get off of. It's hard. And, and let me say this to you before I go further. I've been guilty of it. I I went down the pathway and said, you know what, God, I got this. I'm strong enough. I got, I've been praying enough. I've been saved for this number of years. I can handle it on my own. (laughs) I lied to myself. I had to repent and say, God, you know what? I cannot handle this on my own. The Bible tells us this, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. You got to watch out for the small stuff in your life that will try to bring about something bigger Amen. And something that will be more detrimental to your life. Sometimes people are afraid to make the change because we might even see those traits in others. But when we're, we're too afraid that we might lose their friendship or relationships, that we will not, we will not share our change agent with them, which is Jesus Christ. Because we're too afraid, worried that something undesirable will occur. We're reluctant, reluctant or unwilling because we are, we're afraid we may lose their friendship. We may lose that relationship. We may lose what we had, what we thought we had. And let me say this to you, it ain't based on nothing. 
Why? When you can't share Jesus with folks, something's wrong with that picture. The one who delivered you, the one that's protecting you, and the one that's prospering you, you can't share him with somebody, something wrong with that picture. You should be able to share Jesus no matter where you go and what you do in life. People need to know that you worship Jesus. If we're truly going to experience God's better in this nation, on our job, in our marriages, in our single life, in our church, in our business, and so forth, we must be willing to allow God to change our mindset. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Our mindset is those established set of attitudes held by someone. We need ours to align with Jesus. We need ours to align with Jesus. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5 reads as follows. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. In other words, I need to have the same mind that Jesus have. I need to have the same understanding that Jesus has. I need to have the same wisdom that Jesus has. If we're going to possess the mind of Christ, I believe that's what Paul gives us guidance in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Let's go to our main text for this afternoon, this morning, I should say. In Romans 12 and 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Notice how Paul started this particular sentence off. Do not be conformed. But notice what specifically he's talking about. To this world. Don't pattern yourself after the ungodly. Do not Fashion yourself after those that oppose the will of God. Don't observe the rules and the standards of those who are not in line with the word of God. Don't follow their way of doing things. We need to follow the ways of Christ. We need to be, listen, guided in a certain direction, but not in the way of those who oppose the will of God. We need to make sure that we're not being conformed. Notice what he says, to this world. To the ungodly, to the people who oppose the will of God. Paul begins this verse by telling us to stop doing a certain behavior called conforming, which indicate, which indicates that we might be out to conform our desire to fit in more than we realize. We don't need, we need excuse me. He says this, conforming, which indicates that we might be more likely or inclined to have a tendency to do something to conform into the world. He cautions us not to allow patterns, rules, and standards of this world to shape who we are, to form or develop or mold who we are. And it's easy to conform to this world when we have a desire to receive man's approval greater than God's approval. We can get in some situation where it makes sense at times to our natural way of thinking to allow the rules and standards of this world to govern us when we, we have to choose between lifting up Jesus or pleasing those around us. Lifting up Jesus or stepping on others to get the next promotion. Lifting up Jesus or the tale and untruth or the lie to get out of a situation. Of course, in the same verse, Paul tells us to be transform by the renewing of your mind. Either you're going to be conformed to the world or you're going to be transformed by the renewing. The world is always going to be pulling on you. And this is why I see the problem that some people have is this. I was going to share this a little bit later, but I felt led to share it now. When people stop renewing their mind, they set themselves up to be pounded on by the enemy. 
Because you see yourself, I'm okay the way I am. I ain't got. To, I don't have to pray like I once did. I don't have to attend church like I once did. I don't have to study scripture like I once did. You have stopped renewing your mind. And so the enemy, if I'm the enemy, I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to let them sit right there. They ain't moving. They're an easy target. And one thing you'll find out sooner or later is that when you stop moving, you are easy target. You are easy target. It's hard. Well, some of y'all, with me, it would be hard to hit a moving target. But when it comes to the enemy, when you're not moving, you're not praying, you're not seeking the face of God, you're not doing nothing, just sitting there talking about, I'm all right the way I am. Indifferent about the things of God. Won't pray. I'm okay. I won't sing the songs of Zion. I won't give like I've been giving in the past. I've gotten complacent. And I see some people, they come into the kingdom of God. They give their life to Jesus. They say, I'm born again. I love Jesus. But they get to a place of complacency. Five years later, complacency. Seven years later, complacency. Eight years later, complacency. Twenty years later, complacency. And next thing you know, they're at the church. They're at the will of God. And really, watch this. They were out the church while they were in the church. They were out of the church while they were sitting there singing the songs of Zion. Walking around giving. They were ushering. They were doing all types of things in ministry, but was complacent, indifferent to the things of God. And they said, well, Lord, how you say they were giving, they were doing this, that, or the other, but they were not renewing their they thought they was okay. They thought that the devil was going to let up because they ain't heard from it in a month or two. They thought they was okay because they had their finances together, their marriage together, their single life together. They thought they was okay, but the devil said, I'm going to leave them alone because they're complacent. They're not studying. They don't, they're not renewing their mind. And how does the devil know you're not renewing your mind? Because he can tell in your attitude. He can tell by the way you start talking. You start talking like a person of the world. You start thinking like, you start talking and acting like a person of the world. You start, listen, you start making little, little, uh, little sacrifices, well, I used to call them sacrifices, little things that you do. The Bible says this, it's a little foxes that spoil the vine. Small stuff that you're doing that eventually will get you off track. And that's why, that's why it's so important that we, tra- excuse me, transform our minds. I'm going to show you something here as we go through this text that, that I, be honest with you, let me, let me be honest with you, I never saw it like this before. And I'm going to show it to you when we get to, before we get to the end. I pray that you get what I'm saying. It'll help us all to grow and to stay out, the, out, of, the, out of the way of the enemy, so to speak. Now, I want to go a little bit further into my notes. I believe there's possibly true trans, trans, oh yeah, yeah. I believe that true transformation can take place in our lives when we make up our mind to stop fashioning ourselves after the world. For example, if it's difficult to be transformed, transformed from alcoholic to a sober person, if I'm still looking for ways to get drunk, if I choose to hang out with friends that drink, go to clubs and bars and nightclubs, and even if I don't go, I got a desire to go. I'm thinking about going. My mind is in there. That's why the Bible lets us know what, what, how we think is so important. See, you may not go to the club, but you be you be looking at the club. Boy, I wish I was up in there. Look how they getting down up in there. 
Even though they closed the club, you still got your own private party going on at your house. We know how we do it. We put the earphones on. Can't nobody hear that. We back there wriggling. They think we listen to gospel music, but really, we up there. Whatever they do, I don't know. <laughs> so you have to be careful. Little, you think it's you think it's funny. You think it's cute, or you think hey, this ain't gonna harm nobody. But see, that's all it takes—just a little bit. It's just a little bit. That's why I say a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. It's a little stuff that we do. And, 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 and let me say this to you: before you think, Pastor, I'm just throwing throwing stuff out there. Let me say this to you: I've been guilty, sister. I've been guilty, brother. Little stuff I thought was gonna be nothing to me. Messed around and got the best of me in the long run. You know what I had to do? Had to repent and say, God, forgive me because I was wrong. You were right. And see, God don't change his word. His word is still right. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word is right. You can play with the devil all you want to, but after a while, he will burn you. He come to steal. He come to kill. He come to destroy. That's who the devil is. And understand this too. He knows that we used to be under the influence of the world. You don't think the devil kept a file on what we used to uh, party to, what we lied to about, what we did this, that, and the other about? He kept a file on us. We might be forgiven, but the devil kept the file. He ain't forgotten. He, we may have forgot, but the devil bring it up. That's why when you hear a certain music, you ain't careful. You're like, woo. We were watching a commercial last night. I said, "Woo, look at that. That brought back some old memories, brother. It was music you might not have heard of, but when I heard it, I was like, I had to watch my foot, brother. I had to watch the right leg. I had to watch the hip because it started doing stuff. You follow me? I had to watch that. I had to watch my mind because my mind started, oh, I, I, whoa, back up, dog. Back up. You got to preach in the morning. Are you following me? Brother, are you, are you, are you, are you, are you feeling me, brother, what I'm going through right here? I needed Jesus. I need Jesus to help me. That's not what, well, I don't, I, that music don't, don't bother me. Okay, I got some music. <laughs> Let me get him the playlist until I find your song. <laughs> you follow me here? I'll find it. It might be in the 70s. It might be in the 80s. It might be in the 90s. Y'all, millennial, 2000, 2010. I will find your song sooner or later. If you give me time. And that's why I need our minds to be renewed. He knew it. See, he knew we knew what we thought about. He knew how we acted. He knew what we used to do. He ain't forgot it. And he'll do whatever he can to get you off track. Are y'all following me? Now, another example, it would be difficult to transform from a workaholic to a person that values family time, rest and relaxation. If I'm always signed up for work Monday through Sunday. I might find confidence and security in being on the job, although I know that my family needs me, and not to mention my faith needs to be strengthened. I want the benefits of a family person, but I still want the safety and security of being on the job. The unfortunate thing is that the job may not be committed to me as I am to the job. Y'all know that by now. I've told y'all that more than one time. You need to understand that's so true. Transforma- transformation is going to require a change in our thinking, our talking, our perspective, and ultimately our actions. They're going to need to be reworked, altered, modified, and adjusted. That's why we have Romans 12 and 2. Go to Romans 12 and 2 again. I want to read that to you again. 
Romans 12 and 2 again reads as follows, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we see here that God wants us to renew our mind, to renovate it, to completely change it for the better. When the renovation takes place, we can expect someone to come in to tear it down, remove an occasion. They can refurbish certain things. For example, those who are home and garden television fans, when you see some of those houses being renovated, many times an expert contractor will come in and see what you're looking what's looking for for an outcome. They will they will give you your excuse me. They will take your desired outcome, determine determine what has to be done in the home. Most often, the house receives a complete change from flooring, walls, suspended cabinets, appliances, and so forth. It looks like a brand new place when it's done. It tends to look bigger and better. The new owner must agree to the changes and agree to pay for the changes. If our minds are going to be renewed, we must agree to the changes in God's written and revealed word. And we're willing to yield our, excuse me, yield our will regardless of the cost. Jesus Christ becomes the expert contractor who takes his word and tears down and refurbishes and removes things in our mind that will hinder us from his perfect will in our lives. As we commit to being conformed and decide to be transformed, we enter into a proving phase of the process. Notice another part of 12 and 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and, and Perfect will of God. Prove means you recognize as genuine after examination to approve. Let me say something, and I want you to understand about what prove means to us and everybody that is um, in, the, in our minds. When you prove something, you believe it. And you're willing to stand up for it. When you believe certain people, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they believe their doctrine. In their minds, they had proved it. It was solid to them. It was something that was real to them. Therefore, if anybody came against it, they had a problem with them. In fact, that's one of the reasons that Jesus went to the cross, because they believed their way was right as opposed to what God's way was. That's one of the reasons. They said, hey, and then he had to prove them wrong. That's why he rose again three days later with all power with his hand. Oh, y'all proved that, but I proved this. Oh, God, let me get out of that. Let me say this to you. Today's time we're living in. People believe in what they believe in. I'm telling you, they will literally fight you over what they believe in. They will pull a gun on you in what they believe in. They will do because they believe in that. In their mind, it is proven to them. Until God renews the thinking of man, they will still believe the way they believe. One of the things I've learned Look, people can change on the outside, but they're thinking the same. They've just been trying to manipulate the facts. you got to understand, when we believe in the word of God, we gonna, listen, it's proven to us. One of the ways to prove to us is a changed life. The reason that many of us believe in scripture, because it changed our life for the better. We believe in God. You know why I believe in God? Because it changed my life for the better. God is, listen, and you know why you still believe in scripture? Because it's changing you right now. Not only does it change you, you see God working in your life right now. You see him working in your home. You see him working in your finances. You see him working in your prayer life. You see him working in, in your praise and your worship. You see God working in your life. And when God is working, you're like, ooh, this word works. 
this word, word. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of, I've heard. Listen, I've tried this thing in the past, but the more I renew my mind, the more I see it working. And that's for when you understand that, the will of God is this. Listen to me carefully. The will of God is this. I need to be in a place I'm constantly renewing my mind. I got to be constantly renewing my mind. To me, that is the will of God. It's renewing my mind, not just with the world's way of doing it, but with God's way of doing it. I've got to renew my mind. So the safest place to be is in the will of God. Safest place. What's safe? So my safe place is my mind being renewed by Scripture. The same place or the place that is protected from harm and danger is me understanding what God is speaking. So every day I'm saying, God, what are you saying to me now? Every day I'm saying, God, what, what, what are you saying is from Scripture? That is the safest place to be. And this is why the problem comes at. When you stop renewing your mind, you take yourself from the safe place. Are y'all seeing that? You see that as you renew your mind with the word of God, you're in a safe place. You may not understand everything that's going on with God. Nobody does because God, he knows everything. He's omniscient. He knows everything. There's no fat here from God. We know in part. But God knows everything. But if I'm staying in his will, my mind is being renewed. When I stop my my mind stop being renewed, I'm leaving the safe place. Are y'all seeing that? And so I'm saying, God, you know, I never saw it like that before. Because, see, I always thought that the, the will of God was in a place that stood still. But according to Scripture, the will of God is me renewing my mind. So when I ride down the road, I need to take a moment to see a Scripture. Oh, God, you are doing exceedingly abundantly above anything I ask of thing according to the power that worketh in me. God, you are protecting me from, listen, you are uh, protecting me from the seen and unseen dangers. I need to be, listen, the word needs to be in the influence in my mind. When you go shopping, you got to let the word influence your mind. Okay, can I give you a quick example? This is, yeah, I'll give you all this. It might be fun. It's funny to me now. Uh, sometimes when I go to a different place, like General Dollar General, Walmart, whatever store I go to, uh, I, can, I can go in the store, all in faith, and then I can walk out and the enemy play my mind. You know, you caught something while you was in there, don't you? So I walk, I walk, I walk to my car. Listen, I ain't came near nobody, right? But the enemy said, you caught some. You don't caught some. And then I have to cough, right? <laughs> oh, there it is right there. <laughs> there it is right there. You know, you forgot to use the hand sanitizer. When you got that gas, you use the hand sanitizer quick enough. You got some. I mean, enemy play with my mind just like that. He may not play with y'all mind like that, but I'm talking play with mine like that. And then I said, well, Lord, five days later, let me see what happens. <laughs> he'll just play with your mind like that. I mean, me, he, you may not play with your mind like that, but with me, he'll just play with my mind like that. I'm just going to get some groceries, go back out the store, get some gas, and get back in the car. But by the time I did all of that, and I try to, you know, I, I hand sanitize and all that kind of stuff, but he'll say, you don't got something. And then I mess around and cough, especially if I wear a mask, because every time I wear a mask for a length of time, <coughs> I'm coughing. <laughs> he said, you got something. And the enemy will play with your mind like that. And you know what I've learned? I said, God, I got to trust you regardless. 
I got to trust you, amen, whether I, I fighting something or being challenged or I have nothing. I still got to trust you. I got to trust you. I got to trust you. Many times it was nothing. But you know how, you know how the enemy play with your mind. But you got to, in words, you got to prove that this, you got to prove it to yourself. One thing about proving, it has to be personal to you. I can tell you all day long that the word works, but you got to believe it yourself. And believing is a decision you must make. Now, this is what you need to know. The enemy is trying to prove their way to you every day. Through what? The prince of the power of the air. Trying to prove it to you. He try, they try to prove to you that their way is more effective than God's way. Trying to prove it to you. Trying to get you to believe. And let me say this to you. The enemy or the prince of the power of the air has many people convinced that God's way doesn't work. But I thank God we're in a church where my mom believers right now. You believe in God's way. You believe that prayer works. You believe that giving works. You believe, amen, in the, in the power of the scripture. And that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, thou shalt condemn. You believe that you're the head and not the tail. You believe in God's divine protection, not only over your life, but your family's life, your children's life. You believe you come out of this situation. Bigger and better than when you came in. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get better because of all this. Now, as we transform to have the mind of Christ, transform to have the mind of Christ, we are better able to align into God's will, to place or arrange in God's will. That's what Paul said in Romans twelve and two. That we need to understand the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, there's one will. It's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. Good, it's useful. It brings joy and happiness, upright, and you're audible. As well as acceptable, well-pleasing, satisfactory, and worthy, and perfect. It's going to mature you, cause you to grow up. And nothing is missing. You're complete, and it is finished. That's why Jesus said, it is finished. As we continue to use less energy to conform to this world and more energy to be transformed in our mind, we will experience that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. As we encounter and gain knowledge and understanding of that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's why Paul even gives us guidance on how do we start the process of not being caught up with fitting into the world's standards and mindset. We don't need to be, we don't need to be directed or guided into the world's mindset. That's why he said in Romans 12 and 1. Let's, let's go there real quickly. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we said you need to present your bodies. You need to show or stand ready to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Sacrifice is an offering as a person who is somewhat the victim who is harmed or injured. We must become accountable to establish and strengthen our faith in God by constantly hearing and obeying his word. And that's why this is so important. Paul puts the responsibility back on us. Let me let that sink in for a moment. He doesn't tell nobody else what to do. He tells us what to do. 
What do you mean? It's up to me to do this particular part of scripture. I can't get mad when the world do what they do. The world going to be the world, y'all. The, let me say that again. The world will be the world. But we must make up in our minds that we're going to follow what scripture says. That's why you don't have to turn to it, but Romans 10 and 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We know that Jesus Christ made the ultimate sacrifice when he was, he was harmed, injured, and crucified for our sins. But if we follow the, the plan of God to do what he instructs us to do, just like in Romans 12 and 1, we'll find out what is holy and acceptable to God. In other words, we're going to find what is physically and morally pure as well as well-pleasing to God. And that's why he closed that particular verse out by saying, this is our reasonable service. In other words, our living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable to God is our spiritual service. I, I believe that Paul had a heart for this great church in Rome. In fact, we know he does and all the churches that were associated with the church in Rome. And he did not want the members of that church to get caught up in the rules and standards coming coming from the world's influence. And again, we see here in the text, either you're going to do it like the world is going to wants it done, you're going to be conformed to this world, the way they think, the way they talk, or the way they act, or you're going to be in a place where you're constantly renewing your mind with the word of God. You got to constantly renew it. You cannot stop renewing your mind. Why? Because you don't stop thinking. Everybody in this room is thinking about something right now. I pray that you're thinking about the scripture, but some of y'all got some stuff added to you with your thinking right now. That's why the Holy Spirit has to help us to think and talk and conduct our lives like Jesus wants it done. And you have to be careful that the enemy will try to come in and, and come in. And try to bring distractions in your lives. You know, one of the things we have to be careful about, even when we watch uh, things on YouTube and other stuff like that, we don't allow distractions to come in and take it away. One of the things I know is sometimes when I'm listening to a, I can listen to a gospel song. And, and, and the song is 12 minutes long. Somewhere at, at around 8 minutes and 22 seconds, a commercial will come on. Like, what did commercial have to do anything with this song? And, and if I ain't careful, here I am trying to, I, if I ain't paying attention, that commercial we played two minutes on a song that I was just enjoying for a moment, and I got, what, distracted. You got to be careful about the distractions and the interruptions of the enemy. Because the enemy is constantly trying to interrupt what God is trying to do in our lives. That's why it's important that we renew our mind with the word of God. Boy, it's so important. And this is, and what I love about this, he didn't say you would be perfect in renewing your mind, but it's a constant effort that you make. The effort would take you a whole lot further than somebody who says they got it all together and they don't need any help. Y'all know folks like that. Oh, I got it again. I don't need help with this, that, and the other when it comes to the things of God. No, God is saying, More specifically, we need help in renewing our mind with the word of God. We'll be careful not to allow the influence of the world to influence and lead us individually as well as corporately. It's going to be our constant testimony that we're going to allow God's written and revealed word to change our mind. And why do we change our mind? To fulfill his will. That is the whole purpose 
behind what we, why we are changing our mind. And when you're conforming to the world, you don't fulfill the will of God. But when you're allowing the Holy Spirit, the omniscient God, to change the way you think, the way you talk, and the way you act, you're going to be working on fulfilling his will. Everybody see the difference? Either you're going to conform to the world or you're going to transform by the renewing of your mind. Everybody understand? All right, good. I'm done. Stand to your feet. Glory to God. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.